Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show on this auspicious May 6th. I'm your host, Tani Levitt, and I'm bringing in college basketball's assist king, Jerry Meyer. Jerry, happy rankings day. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it, I think it went well. I think we had a lot of uh, interesting and uh, good, good content to go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. And these rankings are a culmination of years and years of work. You know, Do you remember when was the first time you watched any of these kids from the class of 2020 play basketball? Uh, I mean, we've probably been watching them. I mean, the, the elite guys. And when I say elite, I mean I have a pretty strict definition. I mean, I'm I'm more like like top ten or even higher. But I mean, we're probably going to see those guys like when they're freshmen. Um, so some of these guys we've been tracking for quite a while. Yeah, well, this is why people subscribe to 24-7 Sport, to hear your analysis and to hear the analysis of your members on the Rankings Council. And if this is the first time you're tuning into the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show, I really hope you'll take the time to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you got your podcasts. We're there. We'd love to have you with us on this journey, college basketball. And Jerry, earlier today, I listened back to this episode on last year on the 2019 rankings release day to find out how you and Trey went about it. And the first thing you said last year was that the class of 2020 was much more impressive to you than the class of 2019. And so now on the final rankings day of 2020, you know, did this class stand up to how you felt last year? Um, I think, you know, for a quickie on that synopsis, a strong class. And I think a pretty deep class. I don't know if there's super, super star, like a lot of super, superstar, you know, power at the top, like there have been in other classes. But, you know, for example, you know, I don't know how much better, say, number two is than number 15. You follow what I'm saying? Um, but that's a great thing because <laughs> there's a lot of, I think the five stars are deep. Um, and I think I think it's a very balanced. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find the right word here, but a lot of good players is what I'm trying to say. Um, a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of talent. It'll be interesting to see who emerges as superstars. Obviously, we feel good about Kate Cunningham, <clears throat> Jalen Green, Evan Mobley at the top. Um, so obviously, those guys are top candidates. But I got a feeling there's going to be some guys in that. Um, you know, that second level of the five-star range who are going to make a lot of noise in their career. Okay, so let's get into it. We've got Cade Cunningham moved up from number three to number one. He's going to Oklahoma State. Jalen Green just announced the other week that he's going pro. Evan Mobley, a center, going to USC at three. Zaire Williams, a guy who we've talked about on this podcast, he's going to Stanford at number four. BJ Boston, Talented shooting guard going to Kentucky rounds out the top five. But Jerry, I've been talking to you long enough that I know that in this top five, there's only one guy, and that's Cade Cunningham. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I think he's the most talented player in the class. Um, just such a man. He's got a well balanced game. Sometimes you're scared to say that because you, you, you kind of want a guy to have like a niche that he just really excels at. But Kay kind of excels in a lot of things. I mean, he even shot the ball, I think, believe, is in the upper 40 percentile uh, from three this season. And then he's just a fantastic uh, penetrator, ball handler, passer. Reminds me, uh, great instincts, plays 
does plays the whole game, plays defense, rebounds, you know, does everything. But uh, Brandon Roy, back when Brandon Roy was young and didn't didn't have his bum knee, um, that's the kind of player that Cade reminds me of. Just you know, I, and I think he's a he's a futuristic player, six six, two hundred and fifteen, and I you know expect him to be playing point guard in the NBA. In the past few years, maybe the past decade or so, we've had guys like Cade Cunningham. I'm thinking of Anthony Edwards last year. I'm thinking of Ben Simmons, guys who were really, really at the top of their class who chose when they went to college not to go to Blue Bloods. And the question that Trey asked you last year about Anthony Edwards was, you know, would Anthony Edwards be able to bring Georgia to the NCAA tournament? And the answer in the end was no. What's the situation with Cade in Oklahoma State? Do you think he can bring them to the NCAA tournament single-handedly? Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, not not single-handedly, but I get what you're getting at. Um, he's going to jump them up big time because he is a playmaker and he makes he makes everyone around him better. And he is a dynamic talent. Um, you know, and, he, and he's not the player that you're like, hey, get thirty points for us. Although he's capable you know, on a night of doing that, but he, he just kind of does everything and he holds the team together. Um, so uh, it, it would not surprise me at all if they were in the tournament. And so now looking at that top three with Evan Mobley falling down from one to three and Cade Cunningham vaulting up from three to one into that top spot. Mm-hmm. The question is, did Evan Mobley show you something that made you feel that he didn't belong in that one spot? Or did Cade Cunningham just elevate himself to the nth degree that he had to be number one? Um, it's definitely about Cade. You know, I mean, if if I if I had complete control, you know, I'd have had him up there earlier. And you know, I think as a staff, I mean, there's there's some disagreements within our four uh, member staff. Uh, but I think. Uh, a lot of times in rankings, I mean, you'll hear phrases like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm not quite ready to make that move. You know, phrases like that. That's kind of where Cade was. I think everyone kind of had a notion, uh, number one. I, I know um, Brian Snow is a big proponent of Jalen Green. So, you know, of course, this isn't an exact science. People have different opinions on players. But I don't. It's nothing. To, it's nothing that Evan did wrong, Evan Mobley. Um, I, th- I think this is just Cade finally just rising to where, you know, in my opinion, he should be. And, and, and in 24-7 uh, sports opinion, and he's number one in the composite as well. Yeah, so we've talked a lot actually recently on this podcast about guys who are in that 5 to 15 range. We've talked about Josh Christopher, Zaire Williams, Greg Brown in recent episodes. And if you haven't listened, I encourage you to go back and check those out because that information is still valid now. Mm-hmm. But let's drop down now to number 16, center Mark Williams, who's going to Duke. And I want to ask you about Mark Williams because he's the only guy who moved from four-star to five-star status. What did you see from him that made you guys elevate him to the five-star tier. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a ton of debate. You know, I, I I think where Mark is, you know, speaking for me personally, at 16, that would be his top range to me. A lot of times when I look at players and I think about their ranking, I'll, I'll call it a ranking range. You know, like what I would perceive as reasonable. <laughs> you know, like a reasonable human being 
could have him, you know, you could probably have him top 10, you know, and a reasonable, in my opinion, um, you know, scout could have him, you know, maybe in that top four star range. He's kind of tough uh, to get a great read on in that he, I think he's going to be a very productive college player. I mean, he is a hard worker. He plays with an edge, uh, really runs the floor, does all the defensive things, you know, like with a lot of big guys. Uh, that question is how will the offense develop? But um, I mean, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be fantastic at Duke, um, and it'll be interesting to see how he develops. So let's stay with Duke for a second because they, along with North Carolina at number two and Kentucky at number one, round out that top three classes after the rankings update. And that class ranking is itself a composite of you along with three other experts on the rankings council. And so I'm curious if you personally would list those three classes in that way, Kentucky, UNC, and then Duke. Oh, man, tough question. Let me... uh... Let me think about that one. <laughs> See, I mean, dude, I'm looking at Kentucky right now, and that looks like a number one. Cl- that, that looks like a number one class. Man, that's just such a tough question. I, I would need because here, here's the thing: when, when you do team rankings, uh, one way to do it is to just sort of mathematically uh, work it out, like with an algorithm, and that's what we use. And then another way to look at it is, you know, what, what needs are met? Um, are you filling the right spots in a class? So, you know, like that's what I would like to address, but to be honest, man, I'm not really ready to tackle that one because I haven't done that. I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't broke it down enough to feel really confident on making a judgment on the three, but I mean, they're, they're all three really great classes. I, I'll put it this way. Yeah, like I just looked through all three of them. Tremendous classes. I doubt any of the head coaches at those three schools would trade their class. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm certain they're very, very happy. And then, and then, what about the SEC right underneath them? Tennessee, LSU, Arkansas, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're used to seeing. I mean, LSU, we kind of are. Is that, LSU has been recruiting at a high level last few years but yeah huge huge recruiting seasons for tennessee and arkansas and the sec is really flexing that's what five teams in the top 10 yep and you know our buddy gary Parrish over at cbs sports he's said over the past couple of years that the sec might have the strongest group of coaches top to bottom every single school in the sec has a very strong basketball coach and that translates in recruiting i i agree I think the SEC always, uh, just a little thing of mine here, I think the SEC always gets kind of undervalued as a basketball conference because, you know, you're coming off football and, and you know, it's so dominant in football. And we associate the SEC with football, and a lot of people are tired of hearing about the SEC after football season. But it is a very strong basketball conference, in my opinion, and ha- has been for years. And I, I really agree with Gary. Uh, I think the coaching top to bottom is just tremendous in the SEC. All right. So before we move on from the top three and take a quick break, who is one guy from Kentucky and North Carolina's classes that the listeners can't afford to miss? Cannot miss. Um, 
I'm looking at Kentucky right now, man. That, that's a tough one. I, I don't know who really, you know, sticks out to me. BJ Boston is the top ranked guy, but you know, the thing about BJ is he's got to develop strength and, and you know, just naturally physically mature. So I don't know like how dominant he's going to be right out of the block. Yeah, I mean, he's the same height as Cade Cunningham, but 40 pounds lighter. And there we go. Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, the numbers do not lie in this situation. But, I mean, tremendous player, obviously. Um, that's another thing with rankings. You know, like, we, we do at 24-7 a more futuristic approach to a, like, ultimate career type ideal versus, like, boom, how good they're going to be, you know, that first game as a freshman. But I, I'll throw this out. I... I think Devin Askew is a very, to me, he's a very fun player uh, to watch. Nothing against Terrence Clark or the others, because Terrence is tremendous too. He plays with a lot of fire, very talented. But Askew just has kind of that sublime feel for the game. That is a former point guard myself who, you know, connected on some passes. I really enjoy watching him play. I think, yeah, I mean, sublime, I think, works. He he really has a, a nuanced feel for the game. So I'll give you that name. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm looking at his hair and it kind of reminds me of Nico Mannion, a point guard, a highly rated point guard from last year's class. How do those guys compare as passers? No, well, uh, that's the style. Huh, to Nico, um I don't know. Good question. Uh thank you. Both they're both good. <laughs> you know, I don't I'm not sure how exactly I would I think Nico plays with a little more frenetic style, a little more herky-jerky, um, where when I think of Devin Askew, I think of a more smooth player. And I'm not making a value judgment on which is better or which is worse. I, I'm, actually, I'm kind of a herky-jerky guy. I like, I like a guy with like kind of an odd rhythm to his game. But, um, yeah, Askew, Askew's very smooth with the ball, probably at a similar stage, maybe a little stronger. Um, I think Askew probably looking to distribute just slightly a little more than Nico or Nico is looking to get buckets, but, but they're, they're very similar. You know, I'm splitting hairs here Two two very, very good point guards. I hope that detour was as interesting for our listeners as it was for me. Let's take a quick break. And on the back half of the show, we can get into a couple teams that maybe surprised me and you that they were appearing in the top 15 of the class rankings. Stay tuned. And we're back. 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Tani Levitt, here with College Basketball's Assist King, Jerry Meyer. And Jerry has just completed a process, a years-long process, where he, along with his coworkers, developed a rankings as best as they could of the prospects in the class of 2020. And, and I've said thank you to Jerry, and I will continue to say thank you to Jerry. But if you are looking at home for a way to say thank you to Jerry and to the rest of the rankings team, do us a favor and go give a five-star rating and review Apple Podcasts that really makes a difference. Write in your review what this means to you, why you're thankful for Jerry, and who you think he got wrong because you know no one's perfect. So, Jerry, on, on the front half of the episode, we talked about the top classes, North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke, and that's to be expected because Coach K, Coach Cal, Coach Williams, those are three of the best recruiters in history, let alone in the game right now. But as we looked into that top 15, there were a couple teams that I was surprised by, you know, Gonzaga sitting there at 11. But 
One team I really was struck by was Arkansas, a team maybe looking to regain its former glory, sitting there with the number six class in the country with four serious players. Well, I think Musselman can really recruit, uh, and he is a very good coach. And uh, they have, I mean, Arkansas fans should be very excited about their class. The guy that I really like is Moses Moody. Um, I think I'm, I'm, as far as us as a staff, the four of us at 24-7, I'm definitely the biggest proponent of Moody. To me, I see him as a five-star. I just think he's going to be a bucket getter in, all the way to the NBA. And then K.K. Robinson is exciting. You know, I, I compared him to Derek Walton. You know, had a successful career at Michigan. I think he's going to be a great point guard for him. Moses at the two. Jalen uh, Williams, athleticism, great upside. Um, you know, he might be a guy we look back at and like, wow, we should have had him ranked higher. Um, you know, he's got that, excuse me, that type of potential. But um, those, those three guys really, you know, they really impressed me. Quick follow-up with these four players, is the impact going to be right now? Do you think they could maybe even push for top three in the SEC? Or do you think this project Eric Musselman has at Arkansas, that's going to be more of a slow burn? Uh, I think there's going to be an immediate impact. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say, you know, top three, because I do think the SEC is going to be strong. But yeah, I think they're going to make an impact. Moses Moody has a very mature game, um, you know, plays a little beyond his years, in my opinion. And I think Robinson's going to make a big impact at point guard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect them to be a tournament team, and I expect them to be very dangerous in the SEC. Moving now to the Big Ten, another surprise, Illinois, sitting at number 13 with three four-stars, headlined by top 45 guys, Adam Miller, Andre Corbello. What are the Illini getting in these guards? Yeah, those are the two guys to talk about. They're going to get a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous backcourt. Um, Corbello, uh, we talked about Devin Askew, and I threw out words like sublime and nuanced game. Uh, he's definitely in that category. Reminds me of Kendall Marshall who played point guard at North Carolina and then played in the NBA. Um, has a little bit of size and girth to him. He's not a freaky athlete by any means, but he has great change of pace, change of direction, knows how to use his body, and just really, really sees the floor as that European-style game. And Adam Miller is an electric, uh, you know, combo guard type and uh, just a dynamic score. Uh, going to get you buckets, and um, I think I think they're they are going to be really fun to watch. Okay, so sliding back to the player side from the team rankings, I saw a report on Devil's Den twenty four seven Sports' Duke website that top prospect in the class of twenty twenty one, Jonathan Kaminga, is fifty fifty about reclassifying and moving up into the class of twenty twenty. And if he does that, I'm curious, Jerry, where do you think in that top ten you would slide Kaminga in? Maybe even the top five? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I would say two or three. I, I, I was I would me personally, I would have Kate at Cunningham ahead of him. And then I think there's an argument to be made in that two, three range. I mean, definitely no lower than three. Um, you know, 
pressed to give you a specific number, I will go with, uh, what am I going to go with? <laughs> I'm going to go with, yeah, him and Jalen Green. That's a tough one. Uh, that's a tough one. Maybe three. Uh, I think Jalen Green just, uh, he, he's going to score a lot of points. Uh, in his lifetime. Okay, so I'm I just reached the end of my questions. So I've got a couple last second rapid fire questions. Yes, no, one name answers for you. You shouldn't have to think too much if that's cool with you. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So along with a number of other really cool articles surrounding this rankings release, and if you haven't already, I encourage you to check them out on 247sports.com. We released an article explaining that this is a very deep defensive class, a strong defensive class. And so, Jerry, who is your favorite player to watch playing defense in this class? Doesn't have to be the best, but who do you enjoy watching play defense? Mm-hmm. Great question. We're talking about defense. Um, man, the, the guy who pops up right away is Scotty Barnes. Uh, he, he's unusual. He's going to Florida State. Uh, we have him number six. He's number eight in the composite. He... Uh, I, I believe I have that right. Yeah, those numbers should be right. Um, but he he can guard pretty much any position, uh, plays with such energy. Uh, what's so odd about him is he is right there in that, you know, if not elite prospect, right on the cusp of it, you know, using that strict definition of elite. And he's not a good shooter. You know, that, that's a big question on him. He, he's not a shooter, but he is so good at everything else, and especially defense. And you talk about today's game, you know, you got a, a guy who's 6'8", like him. You know, he's literally one of those guys, and he's very long arms, great wingspan. He's one of those guys that can guard any position. So, yeah, I, I'll go with him for my defensive guy. Sliding back to the offensive side, who's someone outside the top 30 who you think is just going to show up in college and get buckets? Moses Moody going to Arkansas. Um, Him and Adam Miller, you know, we've already talked about them. Um, I think they're going to get buckets. Also, let's throw Namari Burnett in there going to uh, Texas Tech. I think he... He, you talk about a physical and mature game. I mean, I think he's going to be ready to score points right away when he gets there. And just since I'm looking at this, I want to throw a name out there, Dawson Garcia going to Marquette. He's not an answer to your question. I, I think he probably still needs some time to develop physically. But 6'11", can really handle the ball, very skilled, uh, can really shoot it. Um, he's a guy that, I am very high on, you know, if I, you know, if if I were doing it just personally, I would probably have him in that five-star range, but Dawson Garcia is a guy for fans to keep an eye on. Dawson Garcia, a slick lefty, right? Um, I I think so. I feel bad because I'm a lefty and I always try to, uh, catch on to the lefties, but I haven't watched this tape in a while, but yeah, he can play. Yeah, I'm looking now at his highlights. I I had it right. The day he committed, he did an interview with Evan Daniels on CBS Sports HQ, and so we had it on the TV. And I remember thinking to myself, this dude, 6'11", can stroke, can dribble, and he's a lefty? This is is an interesting prospect. He's skilled. Man, if he builds his body up, uh, look out. I mean, he's definitely made for today's uh, NBA game. It'll, It'll be interesting to see 
I mean, I think he has potential to be one and done. Um, that is probably a little bit of a stretch because I don't know if he's ready physically. But I'm really looking forward to see how how it develops for him at Marquette in terms of, you know, really like when does he start to really reach his uh, potential? Because I, I think it's a pretty high high ceiling for him. Two more for you. We've already touched on a couple of guys who fall into this category, but who are some people we haven't spoken about yet who you were higher on than the rest of your rankings council? Because that always is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll throw a guy out there. Um, and you know, we discussed this uh, a decent amount. Dane Danger out of Minnesota. He's going to Baylor. Um, I, I really like this guy's game. And I think, I mean, the key for him, he, he tends to get heavy. He's got to stay in shape. But he's got big boy game. I mean, he can back you down. He can he controls space. He controls horizontal space, which, in my opinion, is more important than vertical space. And he controls it. He's got a lot, a lot of game. If he gets his body right and, you know, plays with effort and focus, I, I think he's tremendously talented. So that's a name I'll throw out there. Who be with the Baylor Bears? Well, they're they're bringing back a lot of guys, and I know how much you loved them last year. They're going to be dangerous this upcoming season. Oh, I loved watching them. Yeah, I loved watching them last year. You know, because they don't they didn't have a guy like him. Especially, you know, they had like undersized big guys who are athletic rebounders. Dane Danger is a guy you throw the ball to, and you can run offense around him. I mean, he's a tremendously skilled player. Okay, last one. Not to take you out of the moment, but. At the end, I have to ask you about next year's class. I, I, you know, you like 2020 better than 2019. How does 2020 stock up with 2021? Good question. I'm, I'm going to go 2020 over 2021. Um, that, that would be my initial assessment right now. And it's unfortunate that we're not watching these guys play right now. Because <laughs> I would have a more definitive answer for you. But um, I I would probably take uh, 2020. I do like, man, like right now, the top four in um, 2021. I'm, I'm very impressed with Jonathan Kaminga, Chet Holmgren, who's kind of an oddity from like another planet type player. Patrick Baldwin, very good. And Paulo Banchero. Th- those are four really, really good players. But as a class as a whole, I'd probably mean. 2020. All right, Jerry. Well, you've been working real hard and we're approaching dinner time. So I'm going to let you go. And on behalf of everyone who's reading and consuming these rankings, whether in the podcast or on the website, I want to say thank you. You guys work tremendously hard on this. And I know I can speak for myself and I say, I really, really appreciate it. Jerry, thanks so much for coming on. Well, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. That's going to do it for today's ranking special edition of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. Like I said in yesterday's episode, we see a lot of you coming in from the website. Love to see that. I hope you go subscribe on your phone wherever you get your podcast, so that you don't have to wait for me to finish my meetings and embed the podcast in the articles. Get it straight to your phone. That's the best way to do it with the subscription. For Jerry Meyer, I'm Tony Levitt, and this is the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show.